if you can, um, let's turn to Gospel of Luke once again. Luke chapter 2. Today we'll be uh, on Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25, all the way to verse 35. If you're there, uh, we have scripture on the screen as well as your Bible. If you could stand as we receive the word. Once again, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. Here's the word of God. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sore will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. That simple short phrase, is not adequate enough to express how thankful we are without Jesus where we will be now and for all eternity. As Christian, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord, the Savior, the King, Lord, as we approach your word, Lord, may you be gracious, merciful to us and reveal the truth that we must know. And, and by the power of your spirit, that you will speak to us, encourage us, comfort us, train us, teach us, convict us. That's what the word is designed to do in our heart. So, Lord, we open our hearts against your word. We let the Holy Spirit speak to us. May your servant deliver your message and your message alone. May your people. We see with open heart, with humble, obedient heart. May your will be done here. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I have to be careful. Uh, as you can see in the back, we have this huge clock. However, that is obviously out of battery. So if I go by that, we did earlier, and then we were just taking our time. I think everyone did. It's like 
something's off because I turned to that to see it was 10.45. And then after chatting with people and cleaning things or fixing, you know, everything. And then we, I looked at it and it was still 10.45. So if I go by that, I, I will speak forever. So I have to watch my time. It's 11.47. So um, let's see how long it takes. <laughs> now, in this Christmas season, um, as a church, as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, what we have been doing together is uh, looking into the meaning of Christmas. What does Christmas mean for us? What, what does it mean for us to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ? What is Christmas to Christians? What is it to you? Last week, we have learned that Christmas means Emmanuel. Christmas means God with us. He came to us to be with us. How? God became man. The Word of God, the Word that was in the beginning, became flesh. And God did not just come down to us to merely inform us, to let us know that he exists. That wasn't his purpose. But he came to be with us. And us, we with him. But in order for us to be with him, in order for Jesus to be with us, he had to do what he came to do, his mission. He died. For us on the cross. And through his sacrifice. With his blood. He cleansed us from our sin. And he reconciled us. To the father. We're holy. No longer unapproachable. This relationship once again restored. So my friends. What does Christmas mean for you? The birth of Jesus Christ. He came to this world. The light came into the darkness to be with you. That's what Jesus Christ came here to do. That's what Christmas means. Emmanuel. He came to be with you. Are you with him? In this Christmas season, as we celebrate Christmas, we, you and I, as Christians, we need to ask, are we with him? He came to be with us, and he did everything there is for us to be with him, and he with us. Are you with him? Not in a verbal sense. Yeah, I am. I think I am. No, are you with him? Do you have Jesus in your life? Once again, in this Christmas season, I ask you, my dear friends, are you with Jesus? As we look into the meaning of Christmas, that we must ponder upon. This morning, I want to share with you another meaning of Christmas. Yet, this is something that we don't usually talk about on Christmas Eve. We don't. Because we don't like the sound of this. Uh, we usually don't talk about it because it doesn't feel like Christmas. doesn't sound like what Christmas should be. What am I talking about? I'm going to talk about the coming of Christ 
which means a sword on earth. A sword. Christmas means a sword on earth. Now, when was the last time on Christmas season that you celebrate a coming of a sword? Hardly never, I assume, right? You celebrate peace, joy on earth. But when was the last time you, we celebrate on Christmas Day or Christmas season a sword? That is because we celebrate entirely something that is opposite from a sword. Joy on earth, peace on earth. We celebrate sweet baby Jesus water in that uh, clothed in manger. Right? That warm glow and uh, people coming in and just bowing down, worshiping, praising. Which is the right idea. Nothing wrong with that. But we got to see the whole picture as well. How do we understand the text we just read? How do we understand Luke chapter 25? This righteous man of God in Simeon prophesies about what Jesus' life means to everyone in this world. The coming of Jesus in this dark world means what it truly means for everyone in this world. Simeon said to Mary in verse 34, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel for a sign that is opposed, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And a sore will pierce your own soul as well. Now, does verse 34 sound like a peace on earth? Joy, joy to the world? Or does it sound like more like trouble on earth? Actually, my friends, it means both. I tell you, it means both. I believe for anyone to have peace on earth, there must be trouble first. For you to be in joy and to have this peace, there has to be trouble first like a sword piercing through your soul so this morning please think with me as we expound upon this text now i tell you if you have a tumor you got a tumor in your body then how can a doctor bring peace to your body you got a tumor then your doctor in order for him to bring peace to your body, he must spill your blood and cut you open. Right? Sounds gruesome to think about that. But that is the only way, to be honest, to remove a tumor. Blood has to spill. And the body has to be open. Because that is the only way for you to be truly healthy without Oftentimes, doctors have to make you feel worse before he makes you feel better. This is what Jesus said, which is very uh, parallel uh, passage. Um, the same idea is written. This is what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. 
he said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace. Jesus said, but a sword. I have come not to bring peace. No, that's not the point. Joy to the world was not my mission, but a sword to the earth. Now, what does that mean? Why would he say something of that? This is what Jesus himself said about his own coming into the world. I didn't bring joy and peace to the earth. I came to bring sore to the earth. Now, what does that mean? What he means here is that he came to bring trouble on earth, conflicts in and among people of the earth. Jesus would cause some to fall. And he will cause some to rise. Jesus would become the sign that is spoken against, not well received, and persecuted. Why? It's all because Jesus, this Emmanuel, God with us, brought the message of truth. He came into this dark world to be the light, to share, to reveal the truth. Truth about what? The truth about the reality of men, the condition of man's heart, and therefore the need for salvation through, only through the cross. Folks, what do we call the gospel? What is the other name for the gospel? Which is, right? Someone said it just now. Say it again. Good news. That was not a trick question, right? The gospel is the good news. But did you know that this good news has not always been good to everyone? To some out in the world, this good news is not good. It's bad news. It's offensive news to some. And even for some of us, this good news was not always good to us. Some of us used to hate the good news because the good news of Jesus Christ brings conflict in and among people. Because the good news of Jesus Christ confronts you. It confronts and convicts your heart, your lifestyle, your choices. The gospel, the good news, sometimes cause people to be troubled and even get angry and mad. That's the reality of the gospel. Why? Well, think about it. What do you hear in the gospel? What is the message of the gospel? In the gospel, you will hear simply you're not God. You're not the Lord of your life. You're not the God of your life. You are not king. There is God, however. This God who almighty, this God who is sovereign, this God who has perfect plan and he executes his will. Without any error, he created you. He is God. And in fact, you are a sinner because you sinned against this God. And you are in need of a saving because you have sinned against this mighty God and the consequence of your sin, the wage of your sin cannot be paid on your own except with your life. 
But this God loves you. But this God loves us. He would move heaven and earth and he would send his one and only son. While you have nothing to offer, while you were indulging in your sin, have no idea who God is and what he demands out of you and how he loves you while you were still a sinner. But God happened, didn't it? And he died. God sent his one and only son. And the son was faced with this death in front of him. And he stepped over. And took your place. And gave his own life. To pay for your sin. What is the gospel? Whoever believes in him. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ. And what he has done. In his death and resurrection. Whoever professed that Jesus. Is not a human being. A wise man. A good teacher. Rather, he is God, Christ, Savior, the Lord, the King of your life as you profess, as you give your life and trust your life in his hand. You shall become a child of God, forgiven, redeemed, restored. Amen. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Good news. Good news. However, this good news, the truth comes as a sword to the people living in the dark world, living in their sin, living their life however it fits, whatever pleases through their eyes. It's not a good news for them. It's a bad, offensive, very intrusive news to them. Because if you receive the Lord of Christmas, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the King, if you love Him and He is in you and you are in Him, His words remain in you as you obey His word. If that is who we are, then you are going to experience conflicts. You're going to experience trouble in your life quite naturally. Now, what conflicts? First, you're going to have conflicts with the people in, those, in this world, people in your life. The fact of the matter is that our love for Jesus Christ can be offensive to other people. Our faith, our belief in God, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our allegiance to the Lord may cause you to be treated differently, even unfairly. Why? Because our beliefs to the Christian, to the follower, disciples of Jesus Christ, our faith, our, his word and his command is non-negotiable. These are, our beliefs are intolerant. For us, there is no room to compromise. Because we live for the Lord. We thank him and we love him. So that are, therefore, what do we do? How do we live our lives? We put Christ first, don't we? We've got to put Christ first. We glorify the Lord at all times. We imitate our Lord Jesus in all 
walks of life in all aspects of our lives and we daily, humbly walk with the Lord. That's what we do because we are saved by the gospel, motivated, empowered, and strengthened by the gospel. We're gospel people. That means we live an honest, moral, godly, holy, set-apart life with eternity in mind. We don't bank on this temporal, perishable things of this earth, but with eternity in mind, we live for eternity. And we do live that way in wherever we are, whatever we do. For such people, for such lifestyle, we'll bring, we'll cause to stand, for you to stand out, for you to be picked on, even ostracized. You may even have conflict. You may even have trouble with your friends, with, even with your family, with your relatives. Why? Simply because of your faith in Jesus Christ. You may experience discrimination. You may experience persecution. Where? At school. At your workplace. Simply because your loyalty, your allegiance, your faith, your love for Jesus Christ, your Savior, your Lord. Yes, it is also true that you experience this boundless joy. This peace that surpasses all fear and doubt and concerns of this world. Yes, you have that as well in Jesus Christ. But what we have to also notice and be prepared for is this truth that living in Jesus, living out the gospel because we are the gospel people, because that gospel saved us, will also bring conflict will bring trouble in your life. Trouble with people living in sin, living in the darkness. A sword. A sword. Secondly, you're going to experience conflict, not just with others, but there will be conflicts in your own heart. There will be conflict in your own heart. You may have trouble within your own heart. In other words, you will, there will be inner conflicts because you love Jesus. Because you are not the Lord, because you are not God of your life, because you have the Holy Spirit speaking to you, because you have Him. Emmanuel is your Lord. He is with you and you are with Him. His words matters to you in your life. Because you know the truth. Because Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Because you know what pleases God and what doesn't. You know what pleases Him, what breaks His heart. Therefore, you will have conflict in your life. There is trouble in your heart. Folks, let's be honest. Sometimes these conflicts hurt. It causes these conflicts, this inner conflicts, 
conflict of interest. You belong to Jesus Christ, but you are living in the world. You see eternity in the horizon, but you are faced with the reality of every day. What do I do? I need money. I need people. It's nice to be recognized and needed and loved. It can cause a great deal of pain. It's like a doctor removing something harmful in the body. Again, if that needs to be taken out of your body, blood has to be shed, the body has to be opened, and you have to go under the knife and be operated. It's like a farmer pruning a tree so that it can even be more fruitful. So he will identify fruitless branches and cut it off of your body. Bad habits, bad things that is not godly and unpredictable. Uh, unproductive. A sore will pierce your heart. A great deal of pain will be inflicted upon your body, your heart, as you either fight the Holy Spirit or you fight your own flesh, fight your own will. You fight the will of this world, the flow, the trend of this world. It always amazes me whenever I watch Discovery Channel. One of my life's goal, bucket list, is to go to Alaska and have salmon fishing <laughs> and land this king salmon and smoke it and enjoy it. It's fascinating to see Naturally, instinctively, when they know, they, they, they begin this long journey from deep in the ocean to their birthplace. And when they get to their stream and it's upward tra travel, you go against all the fish because they will travel with the tide and the flow of water. But this only... <laughs> One species, this fish will go up against all the fish, up against the trend, up against the flow. So that there will be next generation and it dies. Fascinating. If you received the gospel and you gave your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, the gospel is sore in your heart. There has to be trouble. There has to be conflict. Because there is conflict of interest. You can't serve money and the Lord. You can't serve the prince of this earth, the world. And you can't indulge in sin and say, I love you, Lord, in the same token, in the same breath. That does not happen. It doesn't make sense. It won't mix. A sword will pierce your heart. There will be a great deal of pain. However, when you repent, you surrender and you obey. And when you finally learn to say, and I use that phrase a lot, you learn to say yes to the Lord. Because we're not going to 
be able to say yes to the Lord right off the bat and all these things that he confronts you. Remember Pastor Charles was talking about rich young men? When he was confronted with the, the key to the heaven, he couldn't when he was confronted. But when you repent, when you surrender, when you obey, and you realize the beauty and how precious in the temporal world to compare to eternity, when you sell all that you have and everything you got so that you could have Jesus, you will learn to say yes to the Lord in your time management, in your decision-making, in your money management, in your relationship. You will learn to say yes to the Lord. Put Lord first in your life. Lord, not my will, but your will. You know, those of you who haven't read that book, Gentle and Lowly, and you started it and you can finish. We just finished this. And if you don't have a copy, see me after service. I'll give you a copy. And if you have some time over the break, wonderful book, encouraging, comforting in a way that it is even for me to have this shift of paradigm of who God is, who Jesus is. Really, truly. Wonderful book. But there is that descriptive passage, a section in the book. It says, Jesus Christ, gentle and lowly in his heart, thinking, not performance-based, when you have nothing to offer to him and you are undeserved sinner, he stands before the cliff and he takes that step in your place. And as we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, and as he knows what is coming for him, and he's praying and pleading to his father, Father, if you can remove this cup from me, and he's praying so passionately, and life literally on the line, drops of sweat was like drop of blood. If that was that difficult, leading up to the cross, how agonizing it was to face, be faced with the cross. Can you imagine how agonizing and painful the cross really was? Yet he said, not my will, Father. Your will to be done. He said yes to the Father. That's when you experience peace and joy. The mercy, the gentle heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever you turn, he will wait for you with open arms. We would say, what have you done for me lately? He will never say that. I can't believe you did that after I gave my life for you. It's not going to be the sentence that you're going to hear. Waiting right there for you with open arms. I've been waiting. Come on in. In order for you to have that moment and turn around and run to Jesus, there has to be comfort. The gospel, the Holy Spirit, 
the ministry in this in your heart will create trouble in your heart. It's not conscience, it's the Spirit speaking. You know truth. You know what God stands for. You know what God desires in His heart, in your life. As you either fight the Holy Spirit, the truth, or you will fight your own flesh for the glory of God. And you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And this love and peace and joy that is provided in Jesus Christ, it will surpass every conflict, every heartache, every trouble, and it overcomes anything and everything this world would throw at you. So again, my friends, what are we celebrating? What is Christmas to you? Folks, Christmas means that Jesus came here to bring a sword. What does that mean? It means you have painful conflicts, conflict of interest, struggles in your Christian life as we enjoy this new life and live this new life that is pleasing, glorifying to the Lord Jesus. So we must expect such conflict. Be prepared, Jesus said, to be persecuted, to be misunderstood, to be lied about. Why? Because they did that to me and you belong to me. Be prepared. Yet the Lord is strong. He's mighty. And he already won the war for us as we are faced with these spiritual battles. So we do it faced with obstacles, conflicts, and troubles, gladly, with thankful heart, all for the sake of our Lord Jesus, who did not run from his own conflict. He embraced it with obedient, humble heart. God was born as a man to die on the cross, to die in agonizing pain, so that you and I can have peace so that we can have this joy, enjoy this new life, being saved and restored, have this privilege to call God our own Father. So the Lord didn't run from his conflict, welcomed the command from the Father and lived it obediently. He said yes, yes to the Father, even to the point of death. In this Christmas season, I ask you, as we close 2021 and as we are faced with 2022 as well, can we learn to say yes to the Lord in all aspects of our lives? Not the easy yeses, but the difficult ones. The ones that is challenging and convicting to you. The one that you consciously not to pay attention to. Because that is what gospel people would do. That's what Jesus means. I came to bring sword, sword in your relationship, the sword in your own heart, in your own world, because he knows what needs to be done. So let's learn to say yes to the Lord. Be strong and courageous, and let us choose God. Amen.
Let us celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, with true, proper spirit of Christmas. Amen. Let us take time to just expound on this, meditate on this. What Jesus truly meant when he said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. The gospel that we receive, what does that do? What does it mean? And if we could take a moment to pray to the Lord, help me, Lord, lead me and guide me. Not to lose on this spiritual battle, but to overcome and stand firm on your word to be able to Fight the good fight till the end with eternity in mind. And that we rededicate, that we remember as we celebrate Christmas. Let's pray to the Lord. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this time and just the truth that you have revealed to us. Father, we pray that you would just give us that true peace, true sense of joy, not the false peace, the manufactured one, but Lord, truly you desire in our lives. Father, we thank you. Thank you for Lord Jesus and what he has done. Father, you you loved us so much when there is nothing good in us. There's nothing that we can offer to you when we were just wretched and rebellious to our core. Yet God, in your heart, to the core of your being, you long for us, you desire to have relationship, you yearn for us. So you sent your Son. That we celebrate in this season of Christmas. The coming, the birth of our Lord Jesus to be with us. And what he did, how he lived his life, and how he ended his life here on earth, on that cross, all for our sake. Lord, we thank you again. That two word is not enough for us to convey how eternally grateful we are. Thank you for the peace. Thank you for the true joy as we can learn what it means to rejoice in all circumstances as we deal with pain, betrayal, unexpected turns in our lives. Lord, we give thanks to you and rejoice knowing that God, you will never let us go. You will carry us through. The God who did not hold back his own son, Jesus Christ, why would he not bless us with lesser far lesser things of this earth. So we say yes to you. We live for you. We put you first in all things. That's what the gospel people would do. As we do, as we are faced with challenges, conflicts, troubles in our own hearts. Holy Spirit, convict us. Speak to us. And may we have this heart, obedient, humble, softened, heart 
contrite and repentant. May we humble ourselves and say, Yes, Lord, may your will be done. So that you would true, truly bring peace, the joy that we, we desperately need each and every day. Lord, bless your people as they celebrate and meditate on the meaning of Christmas and help them to rededicate, re-engage in this relationship because you are always reaching and it's never late for us to turn to you. Father, we thank you so much for all you do, all you did, all you will continue to do in our lives. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.